Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got your uh, we got your fractional episode of the week sponsored by Collectible. What's up guys? So last week's episode cage got a ton, a ton, a ton of positive feedback. Uh, so hopefully we kick it into gear this week. And uh, there's a lot going on. The IPOs from the previous week sold out quickly. I'm yep. curious, actually, if you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, it seems like it's a good thing, but uh, I'm curious to have that discussion. We got some offerings coming up this week, a lot of data. It's been another positive week for the memorabilia market and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Cage, uh, where, where do you want me to start? I know you want me to cover memorabilia. There's the index. No, we got a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, your first question is a good one, right? I mean, IPO selling out fast. Is that a good thing? Um, you know, you have two layers to that question. Number one is, you know, which ones sold out? Uh, which ones sold out fast? They all did. Um, it wouldn't. It doesn't really surprise me that, like, the Manning game use helmet sold out fast because we've been talking for weeks now about how memorabilia is, um, you know, a true measure of scarcity. Um, you know, the narrative around that helmet about how it was game matched to a lot more games, you know, kind of changed the valuation of it, I think. Um, you know, Johnny United's rookie is pretty scarce also. That's one of those things, you know, that, that you talked about. Um, the Trevor Lawrence pro set basketball, you know, that is that people rushing to, you know, gamble on Trevor Lawrence, even though over the next couple of months there are going to be more ways to gamble on him. Um, you know, you get up to number two on it, and, and that's a perfect example. It's if you look at some of the, the, the things that we talk about here, um, it was difficult for me to find something that I thought was, you know, a bargain this week, uh, trading prices, because a lot of the cards, um, and I try to focus on the cards, a lot of the card prices are, are up, but even though they're up, a lot of them are up and hard to recommend, you know, compare them to, you know, recent comps and whatnot, but they're all lower or I don't say all, I don't speak in generals, but even though a lot of them are, are cards, I wouldn't recommend right now at the pricing. A lot of them are less than what they IPO'd at. And that's something that, you know, you kind of have to take into account, right? Um, you know, these fast IPOs don't necessarily mean that they're IPOing at a good price. Um, and a lot of things that IPO'd and sold out are now available at lower than the IPO price presently in the secondary market. So two, so two questions on that. You like Do you think, so, so when you invest in an IPO, your money's locked in for 90, 90 days, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. No secondary for three months basically yep those people that are investing and i don't want to beat the point too much the, the trevor lawrence uh the basket mm -hmm. what if he doesn't have a good good rookie season right yeah and then they're stuck and they can't do anything not to mention you know even if he is sort of doing well you know over that 90-day period president's going to come out all these other things i mean you saw the you know the national treasure rpa for herbert was another one that sold pretty quickly um, yeah. which doesn't surprise me because everybody wants as much Herbert as they can. And that's obviously a real sought after, you know, Herbert card. But um, why, why I bring that up is a lot of people don't realize that once when they're buying into an IPO, your money is uh, held for 90 days. 
So for like a Johnny Unitas card, a memorabilia helmet, that's not a big deal. There's not a ton of movement. But when you're investing in modern, it's just something to consider because you don't have liquidity. You're not able to sell out uh, if, if you get cold feet or anything like that. So just that, that is something to keep in mind. Second question, Cage. I'm mm -hmm. learning in this memorabilia world, when you talk about game-used helmets, game-used is not all created equal. It's not mm -hmm. apples to apples because if game-used in an irrelevant game or in an exhibition or scrimmage or just a game in a season that didn't matter versus the season opener of an MVP season, you know, a playoff game-worn jersey. So it, I, as I'm getting to know this memorabilia market more, uh, I, I at National, I kind of fell in love with it and I'm trying to be trying to dig under the kind of what makes the memorabilia market go. I've learned that not all game used is game used. You need to also kind of talk about this photo match thing uh, to which game it applied to and the significance and the story and uh, the provenance as we always talk about behind that game. So well, listen, let's take a second out, right? Because that's what you're talking about there is you're talking about the, um, you're talking about the story being told, right? You're talking about, you know, what, in addition to you know it being a cool thing, it's a cool thing that I get to show my friend and say, hey, by the way, this was used in this game. Well, this was yep. used in that season. And, and it adds to the story. It adds to the value of it. But let me pause on that for a second, all right, because it's relevant. I don't own any of these fractional cards, haven't invested in any fractional cards. I've um, – I'd ask you to talk about memorabilia just so that we had a bright line demarcation, especially because, you know, at the national during a couple of those lives, you were impressed by some of the memorabilia, surprisingly. So, um, I own a Babe Ruth baseball. That's not a very good copy of Babe Ruth baseball. I mean, it's a nice signature. You know, I, I traded for it. I don't know, a decade ago. Um, I traded a Ronda Rousey card for it. I also own a, uh, also own a weird trade. Yeah, weird, right? Did but, you go? Yeah. Did you go in with that offer? Did, did a no, huge Ronda Rousey no, fan come come by? The guy, the guy, you know, bought the Ronda Rousey basically, and um, and um, you know, was like trying to pay on a payment plan and then couldn't. And I was like, all right, I know you. You know, you're good for it. Eventually, you get the money and you'll pay me. And he, um, you know, even though they didn't have money to to pay me, he was still opening these like pre packs and repacks and whatnot. And he bought one of these TriStar boxes. You know, the TriStar company where it's like. You know, you can get anything. You can get like, you know, Andre the Giant's job strap or whatever. Maybe what the big grand prize was a Babe Ruth autograph ball. And he happened to hit that. So wow. he, so we were talking and he's, you know, he, he was like, look, I owe you a bunch of money for this Rousey. Why don't I just give you this, you know, Babe Ruth ball in exchange instead? And that was how I got my Babe Ruth ball. I also own a 46 Yankees ball with DiMaggio on it. Um, also not a great copy. There are a couple of clubhouse signatures on it for some of the guys that, that are like not real signatures. You know, sometimes the clubhouse would sign someone's name on a team ball. Beyond that, there's not much memorabilia I have. You know, I, I bought a Chiefs helmet for me. So this guy, before you move off for this, so this guy. I'm doing this for a reason, but go ahead. This this guy who was on his last leg had barely any money left. He goes gambling on Ronda Rousey. That's his big move. I don't know what his story was, and I don't ask. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go and audit someone. I'm not an accountant. If someone owes me a couple thousand dollars and they say they don't have it, I say I'll take a hundred bucks here and there whenever you have it. I'm not going to not going to go and like put a lien on his house. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying his final bet, right? Like all his money, all his chips on the table. He's Again, like, I don't know on. if it was. I don't know if it was, but whatever it was, it, it paid off. <laughs> if you guys have had a tough Sunday week one in the NFL, just that was just for you guys to give you a little perspective. Some people have it way worse. The chase, the chase, the chase, the double down, the go ahead and nail, uh, uh, go better TriStar and get all your money back 100%. So, so, but, but the point that I'm making on this, right, is I, I like to talk about the card side on these. I don't own much in the way of memorabilia. 
but I definitely don't own any memorabilia that these guys have. I don't own any secondary shares in any of the collectible offerings. And just to make it clear, because you never know who's posting what. You never know who's making what assumptions about what. You never know who's going to be listening to our episodes and, uh, and, and say, hey, why is, uh, why is Andrew all of a sudden um, you know, talking about memorabilia? You ever have to think, hmm, why is Andrew all of a sudden talking about can you let the folks know what kind of memorabilia you might own? Like, what's in your what's in your memorabilia vault? Like, like how many pairs of Kobe game worn jerseys and shoes do you have? Like, what what do you got in that vault of yours? That crazy Goldberg memorabilia vault? Let's hear it. I'll, I would probably yeah, take. 20 I got minutes, nothing, I'll bro. Dude, a year and a half. Wait, I was wait, broke as fuck. But you own no memorabilia at all. So no. why? Why then would you be talking so much about memorabilia as such a great asset? If if not to just pump up the prices of the things you already own. What are I, I I don't know if I, I believe you. Cage is incredible. I, I don't know if you guys want this. We're gonna come up with a new show on Luca Nation Network. It's just Cage in the courtroom. Uh, it has a ring to it. He asks and answers questions. I don't know if I believe this. You real? Are you trying to? Do you expect the jury to actually believe that you don't own any memorabilia, sir? <laughs> I have no memorabilia, brother. All right. Well, there you go, guys. And it's important you should know that. It took us a while to get there. It took me a couple of minutes. Hopefully you got a couple of giggles out of it. But anybody who tries to tell you that this handsome individual over here with the weird shaped mirrors behind his head again, which I love, it takes me back, man. It takes me back, those mirrors. And it, 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 he doesn't own any memorabilia. He's not telling you to go buy Will Chamberlain's high school uniform because he happens to have three hanging in his closet. Come on, folks. Like, you know, this, this is another asset class. It's another area that obviously for the last couple of weeks we've been talking about. And for the last couple of weeks, all of them have been going up. Every single one of them is going up because this is where money is flowing now. It's not vintage baseball cards. We can talk about that because that's one of the segments. I'm like, wow, this, this, what? I kind of do it blind, right? And let's roll right into it, right? I kind of do it blind. Like, I, we get a spreadsheet and it's like, okay, I, I, I pull all the data and I look at it and I go week to week to week. What is down? from last week and what is down from last week and then i'll swing it over without looking at what it is and try to see if it's down from last week and is it down from the week before is there a little downward trend and then compare the pricing now to what it was when it ipo'd because i'm trying to find bargains for you guys it's how we found the the zion last week that finally dipped below its, its ipo price and that one rocketed back up obviously you guys are listening to me smart move jumping on that that's how we found the steph curry national treasures last week dip below for the first time it's IPO price. This week I found a bunch and I'm like, all right. And every time I swung back across the spreadsheet and finally did my big reveal of what the card was, what the basket of, uh, you know, what the asset was, more often than not, it was a vintage baseball card. It was Ernie Banks rookie cards. It was Frank Robinson's rookie cards. It was, it was, it was these vintage baseball cards. Williams, PSA. So, so what does that tell you, right? It tells you Andrew is not telling you to look at the memorabilia market because he owns George Mikan's glasses. He's telling you to look at this market because look at what's going on. Follow the trend, right? Like, you know, we're not, we're, we're not memorabilia dealers, folks, but we have numbers, the same numbers you could have because they're right there posted on the collectible app. It's the same data we get, right? We're not getting anything you don't already have. It's all public information, right? We have the same data. Right there, week over week, you can look at what it's done in the last week, you look at what it's done in the last month, what it's done in six months, what it's done in the IPO. It's right there, very easy in the app. Memorabilia is clearly where people are putting their money, where they have been putting their money. And if you were to listen over the last couple of weeks, put in almost any piece of memorabilia, 
your money, your, 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 your shares are worth more than what they're worth right now, what they're worth when you invested if you listen to what Andrew was saying. So there's no ulterior motive. There's no nothing. This is just the area where money's going. Shoot, I'm mutant. <laughs> I think, I guess Cage was answering somebody uh, whose message I actually didn't get the chance of seeing. Uh, but I, I guess we'll do like the statement here for, for whatever reason. Guys, all the partnerships that we look for, and remember, we started this podcast over a year ago. We had no backing, no network, just two guys who wanted to share their experiences. I grew up collecting, and I love kind of arbitrages on the on the marketplace in the world. Cage grew up collecting. He knows the game better than most. But we just want to bring you interesting content. And I think what makes us unique is we do a show seven days a week. So we have a little bit more flexibility into how we formulate our, our sponsorships. We try to keep them exciting. We don't want them to be dull. So like we, a lot of you guys have heard we we're going to have a whatnot sponsorship. Well, that's not a typical sponsorship. We're, we created a show, a uh, Sunday NFL countdown type of show for their platform. Same here with collectible. We didn't want to come on here and show collectible items. We said, how about we do this? We did this with Starstock. Let's try this with you guys. You send us the data. We'll talk about it. What happened in the last week? What's gone up? What's gone down? Uh, and then we, the, the best part is, our audience starts to say, hey, hey, did you see this guy? Did you see this play? I invested in this. And it becomes very interactive. So we do take a lot of time, more hours than you guys realize, having these conversations uh, with Collectible and with whatnot to say this is what a good partnership would look like for our audience. So since we did this whole public service announcement, just wanted to let you guys know what, what's in our heart, why we do the stuff we do. Yeah, and I mean, guys, listen, you know, we, we are doing this the same reason we do every single show, every single thing we do with this podcast. It's all one sentence that Andrew is trying to bring value to you guys. This is, it's, he's in my ear. He's telling the same thing every single time. No matter what show we're doing, what sponsors we're bringing, you name it. It's the same thing with Collectible. That's why we're doing this. Same thing with, with secondary market, fractional shares, you name it, right? And we want you to know the information that's available to you this way if you wanted to make a play on it, if you wanted to to find another avenue to potentially make some money, find some value. That's what we're doing here, right? And and let's just overarch, right? Let's just talk about it this way. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes um, you know, there's there's a way to uh, there's there's a way to find a real bargain basement thing, and sometimes they're not. But overall in the cards, and I'll let you get into the uh, I'll let you get into the um, you know, the memorabilia stuff as well, right? The clear overriding, you know, big picture macro, as Andrew likes to say to me all the time when I'm thinking too small, um, it's people are shifting to the NFL and NBA, right? NFL started, you know, this week. Uh, we saw Tom Brady last Thursday. We saw a whole slate of games this weekend. Um, NBA is starting in a couple weeks. Clearly, the baseball stuff people are selling out of, with some small exceptions, the you know the MVP race kind of stuff, the playoff relevant teams, that kind of stuff. So like uh, you know the the Mookie Betts, um, the uh, MVP season used glove, right? So that's your memorabilia. Like th that's up. You know people are, are looking at, at at that kind of stuff, right? The uh, the um, the Magic Bird logo man, little basketball, right? It's been up. It's been up four straight weeks in a row. Um, Cage things, Hank Aaron, yeah, but, Hank Aaron so, vintage cards. Right, so Hank Aaron, go ahead. Go ahead. What, it, it, 26, it started the week at $13 up to 19, 26%, up, up 26% this week. 30, yeah, 36% after 36, being up 18%. It's, it's up 18% last week and 36% this week. But that is one of those scarcity plays, right? Because that's not just an Aaron, that's an Aaron, I think it's an eight and a half. 
at Aaron, right? So I like that one, right? So and that's going to be kind of the the gist of my my talking points today, right? Because look, I, I can tell you about cards that are still a little high. I'm surprised that the silver basket of Ja and Zion and Trey and and Luca hasn't gone down even more than it already is, just based on the comps. Um, it didn't surprise me that a lot of the plays that we talked about have gone up. Um, you know, just for 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 you know for putting an exclamation point on it, we talked about the black uh, 9.5 refractor LeBron as underpriced. Um, it got a buyout offer, and the owners of the shares rejected that buyout. So you know that you, you know that that's showing that people still think that that has some legs. It has rooms. It has room to grow. Um, you know the. The the Aaron is the one that's bucking the trend of those cards, right? Like the the Frank Robinson fifty seven tops basket that that was down like sixteen percent this week, and it was down or flat in the four weeks prior. Um, you know, so why would that one? I mean, it's the same kind of play, it's the same kind of deal. Both of them uh, passed away. I bet, I, I bet a lot of people don't know who Frank Robinson is. Eh, he was relevant in the league. You know, it was you know, it was relevant with the union and, and you know he 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 was a pretty big player in the league for a while. But obviously he's not the name that Hank Aaron is. But the difference there is one is a basket of cards and the other is an eight five. I think if it's somebody who owned an eight and really had to scrape and claw and sell through Probstein and PWCC and a bunch of other people to get that eight, right? And really became like one of those, you know, very difficult cards to sell. Um you know, it actually is owned by Rob G right now, my man, my Hank Aaron 8. But an 8.5 is a tough one. An 8.5 is a very tough one. And by the way, think about that for a second. There's a little story, right? You were just talking about the story. There's your game used. There's the helmet. This is this one. It's the provenance. Well, you know, when Rob G wants to sell that Hank Aaron PSA 8, he wants to get an extra couple bucks, he could say formerly owned by none other than Cage Lawyer. And look at the provenance on that bad boy. Come on now. It's all part of the story. Point being, you guys might be you guys might be laughing out there, but it's true. And in NFT world, that's actually a big deal. You could put like a stamp, like owned by Gary V, owned by Pranks, owned by Cage Lawyer. Well, I sold Gary V, uh, Jim Brown, uh, tops rookie PSA eight, and he sold it at the national. Uh, and the guy who bought it from him immediately put it up. Jim Brown purchased from Gary V, and and was trying to sell it for double what it was going for at the time. And me, it was up there on eBay. I'll never forget the listing. And I'm like, wait a second. You got to add it owned by Gary Vee and Cage Lawyer if you want to get that kind of money. You know, like you need to throw that on there. But the point on this, guys, is, is straightforward. It's going to be that on all these, it's scarcity. It's when you're in the fractional markets, what we talked about with, with uh, the Steph Curry last week. Um, let me focus on a card for you guys, right? Because sure. it's a fun one. Let me focus on one particular card. Because we talk, you talked about your... your um, you know, your, your Hank Aaron, it's not an eight, right? Eights are on eBay, right? Eights you'll see in auctions. It's eight and a half, which makes it that much tougher. It's like Lou Alcindor, 1969, same thing. Remember, eight versus eight and a half, all of a sudden you're in the top two dozen, right? So it's, it's a very big deal. It's why you see the 60 maze, very positive trend, up 25%, you know, from memorabilia side. Here's where you know that it's scarce. Everybody wants to buy a Luca card. Everybody wants to buy a Luca card. And on collectible, there is a Luca. Maybe you could pull this up for me if, if, if you can for the folks who might be watching this on YouTube. It's the, um, it's the blue out of 199 Prism PSA 10, right? So you got that Luca Prism PSA 10 blue out of 199. And 
I was looking at this card, not because I thought, oh, wow, what a bargain this card is, right? What a, what a bargain this card is. I looked at it because I wanted to see if it was a bargain. Right? It's down a little bit. It's, it's, you know, if you, if you take a look at it. Now, this is a card. By the way, we have a, we have a guest. Would you like to join us? We have, a, we have the, the mascot of the show coming to join us right now. There he is. We have a tiger. Can I hear a roar? Roar! Roar! Good roar. Good job, buddy. He saw this in the store today with Halloween stuff, and I'm like, you got to get that. There you go. He's got it. We're rock and roll. We got all the tigers showing up. So here you go, right? So, so, so that card, there were 35 PSA 10s. 35. Which, you know, as far as scarcity goes, not the most scarce card, right? But for a rookie, for a color match, for a Luka, for anybody who's looking to invest in Luka and spend five, six, seven, whatever it is for a silver, now this card's sitting there in the mid-50s, right? It's around where it IPO. It's significantly more than it was, you know, a couple of years ago, sure. Um, but how do I know that? Because I tried to comp this card. And this is where it gets fun, guys. I tried to look up prior sales in this card. And I saw some PSA 9s. I saw some 9s at 19000 or best offer. I saw a 9 sell between fifteen dollars and $20,000. But I didn't see a 10. I don't see a 10 available for sale on eBay, right? And is this a bargain at 53? I don't know. And that makes it interesting. Because if somebody else out there wants to buy a Luca color match, PSA 10, and knows that there are less than three dozen of them out there, well, here's one that's available. And if it's somebody with enough money, this becomes something that could potentially be a buyout offer. Now, is that going to happen this week, this month, or even this year? I have no idea, right? Um, but if I really wanted to buy a Luca card, this is one I would look at. It's one that I almost bought right as COVID was happening. You know, I, uh, the person I bought my my three card deal of the Trey Color Match Red, the Silver Luca, and Silver um, SGA from for like twenty three hundred bucks combined for the three also had a Luca PSA ten blue and wanted about five thousand dollars for it, and. After we were very close to it, I was like, you know what? I'd rather give up. I'd rather give up these other cards than this Luca. I never, I never was able to get one. But if I was going to get one, this would be the, the one. I love the color match. I love the look of the card, and it's it's rare. Is it as rare as a National Treasures? Is it as rare as a you know, um, you know, a, a, some of his limited autograph cards? No, right? But thirty five of them. So this is the kind of thing that I, I, as I was doing my my homework for our episode, it started me thinking. That's what we should be looking for. We should be looking for cards. Look at that chart. You got a little bit of a dip there, right? We got cards that are desirable. There's demand for them, right? They've kind of taken a little bit of a step back, but you can't find them, right? So it's demand and supply, supply and demand. So, you know, I would tell you guys, this is one of those interesting plays, right, from a card perspective where I would watch Maybe start levering in some shares, and if next week it goes down a little bit, maybe start levering in a little bit more, um, and and maybe wait for a little bit of a buyout on this one. It's it, you know it's a card I, I wouldn't mind owning myself at the price that it's at right now, and if 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 that's the case for me, there's probably somebody else out there with a lot for more sure. money than me thinking the same thing. So you know, it, it, it's one of those where you buy out the Hank Aaron and you're like, hey, throw in the the Luke as well, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Sort of, yeah. It's you like, oh, I mean. let's let's round up that three hundred and fifty purchase. Yeah. So let's, let's, yeah, how about I'll just throw out add ten percent on for the loop? Yeah. yeah, something like that. It, you know, you're it's funny, but you're right. Kobe. So there's, 
Mickey Mantle, 1964 tops, PSA 9. Mickey Mantle might be one of those guys that just about every single year his cards hold value. It's such a yep. – like the, what, he was a rookie in 52, Cage? He came up at 51. 51. So this is 13 years later, and this they're IPOing his cards. So he's it's just, it's just a phenomenon. Uh, well, he has like no other. other. But PSA nines of his for any year, there are people who collect just like the whole run, like a vertical of wine. Right. You know, you want Screaming Eagles. The first year for that is 1992, but people run the whole gamut on that. They'll buy the whole vertical. They'll buy big cards. They'll, I mean, they'll buy big bottles. They'll buy, you know, magnums and you name it. Um, and they'll sell for a lot of money. Mantle, I think, I think the last run of Mantle was 69. I think Mantle was 51 Bowman. His first tops was 52, but I think 69 tops last one and nines in any one of those years. There are people who I mean, this is this is 69, yeah, that's 68. Yep, and this is this is a bundle of two for 36k. I mean, that's uh, it's It's a gorgeous card, too. I mean, it's like an 18th year, it's like it's like a LeBron prism, (laughs) pretty (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. You know, 68 uh, became a popular set too because that's Nolan Ryan's rookie year. I'll tell you, I don't love these two IPOs. Like um, this, this Mike Trout one. Two, I gotta tell you, man. People who hold the Mike Trout worry me. I know Superfractor. I know it's an auto. I think it's on card auto. So it's a beautiful card. Uh, but and it, and it could be susceptible to a buyout. There is that, and there's a little bit of retained equity, which is nice, but not too much. I, I gotta tell you, Cage. I'd be worried holding Mike Trout. I don't know if you feel that as well. Baseball investors are a whole different game because apparently you don't have to win or even go to the playoffs <laughs> to be a top five or top ten player of all time. Can you tell That's a lot that? of money to put. You tell he's heard that a bunch of stuff. So there are enough Trout fans who know that Trout, you know, he's going to be great. Why I like this one is it's a super factor. I mean, I have Lior in my ear just like yeah. sitting right here basically saying, you know, go for the rare of the rare of the rare. I mean, I own a, a PSA 10 gold, uh, the 2011 update. I think there's like 50 of those in, in 10 grade. You know, when I see a card like this become available for trading, believe it or not, I actually think, let me liquidate my gold because it's a card that I could get again. Like, you know, there's 50 of them, so it won't be the easiest thing. But at the National, I saw three of them. You know what I mean? And they were all like in the same price range, which means it's probably not going to go up. I would liquidate that and throw all of those shares into shares of this. You know what I mean? Because when are you going to get an opportunity to get a rookie super factor of my trout? If you're a trout investor, anyway, too. yeah. I mean, if you're a trout investor anyway, you might as well move your money into this because you're not getting another chance to buy into a card like this. You can get that gold or that 2011 Tops Update Diamond again because there's plenty of them out there. So that's my thought on this. Let's keep let's keep rolling with the IPOs. No, we covered the secondary one, market for today. Just jump right to Thursday. Jump right to Thursday and and geek out on it. Jump right to Thursday and get very excited because I know that's your man. So that's on Thursday. Be awesome. That's gonna be cool. I mean, how does that make you feel to see that? Like, you know, is that something you want to get in on? I want to own them. I want to own them. (laughs) You want to make a buyout offer before the. I want to make a buyout offer right away. Uh, It's so, guys. If you guys don't know, I can't link it because I don't think there's a photo yet. There will be, Uh, and I I expect this to sell out almost instantly. This is rookie year provenance, rookie year game worn sneakers. Uh, Kobe Bryant, of course. If you guys didn't pick up what we're putting down. I honestly think I will get in on this cage. Um, it's just cool. I, I don't know if it's a good investment. I feel like anything Kobe memorabilia is is a good investment over a 20, 30 year period. I think it might ebb and flow, but uh, there, there's how, how much game worn stuff is there from Kobe? But this is cool. You're absolutely right. This is the one I was looking at. 
And next Sunday, there's a Patrick Mahomes 20, 2017 Contenders one of one Super Bowl autograph. Those are the two IPOs this week that I think are going to be insane. I th- Patrick Mahomes is that guy who can do no wrong. Uh, it's the, the not, hobby loves him. The team's not playing so well in the first half today. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, see if it's a comeback. This is one of my uh, what do I, uh, my picks don't seem to be going so well. But maybe I'll win in fantasy. You never know, I guess. Um, but I mean. It's not really Mahomes. It's just Cleveland looks so good in the first half. We'll see. I have a feeling Kansas City comes back, but it is what it is. I said Cleveland. I will. Did. I didn't have a good day, but I said Cleveland. You did. You said Cleveland rocks. We'll see if they can hang on, man. We'll see if they can hang on. It looks like uh, looks like they're taking a twelve point lead into halftime, which is pretty nuts. Oh, it's another episode, Cage. I think this is a good one. It's a. It's, it was a week where across the board everything was up. Uh, we covered it. There's a few opportunities that we talked about. Uh, we try to keep these shows 30, 45 minutes, make them digestible, and we'll be back next week. Any yeah, final I mean, words? listen, no, I mean, on the card side, right, that, that um, you know, that Luca was one that I was looking at. Um, if people are looking for other, like, bargains that have fallen below IPO, um, you have to have a certain taste on this one, and, you know, it might not be something you have to rush to this week. Um, I also will give a, a um, you know, a, a statement here that I actually own one of these cards, so I have to throw that one out there, right? I mean, I don't own any shares in this secondary, so buying the shares on the secondary are not going to impact me, but I own one of these cards myself. But the uh, the Joe Montana rookie, PSA 10, is starting to get down into a range where, um, you know, it's looking attractive versus uh, comparable recent sales. Um, it's not something you got to run and jump on presently, um, but it's starting to trade down in a range where it's something you might want to pay attention to. Um, you know, from the Can I touch cards. on that real quick? Please, please, go for it. I think Montana is maybe single-handedly the best vintage quarterback to invest in because he's going to be linked to Tom Brady for basically the rest of time. So Tom Brady's favorite player was Joe Montana. Tom Brady's from the Bay Area. He wanted to play for the 49ers. And it he comes from a card perspective. It's that one rookie card uh, type of play. So Right now, it's the 1980s, and it doesn't seem so vintage. But I'll tell you, 10, 15 years, this card is going to be insane. This is going to be the Mickey Mantle of football cards. So I, I, I think this could be a million-dollar card. And, and I mean, a lot of people are talking about it. There's not a lot of them. And when you think of, like, so what's fun, what, why I like it, right? So we talk about scarcity, right? It's not the scarcest card in the world, and there's no one of one. And, and you know, Lior, again, we talk about him or, or anybody else who talks about scarcity. He's just the most recent we had, you know, on the show talking about it. It's, um, you know, scarcity rules the day. And, and a rookie card like Kobe's rookie is not always the best thing. But, you know, Montana was done playing before those awesome one of ones really even came out. You know, like Kobe has these fancy, you know, one-on-one auto cards. Montana really didn't. Like he was already done by the time they got those. So it's a different, it's a different world. Um, and there is just a rookie. You talk about Mahomes. What's the best? What's the best card you can get? I mean, there are you multiple one-of-one autos, multiple one-on-one auto cards out there for multiple, you know, national treasures. You name it. There's multiple crazy cards. Even Tom Brady, right? Even Tom Brady. Do you want that SP authentic? Do you want the Bowman Chrome? You know, do you want what? What do you? Which one do you want? Which one? Which one is the, the the card you like the best? But Montana, if you're a Montana guy and you want to buy a Montana rookie card, there is that card, right? That's the one card. Um, so that's why I like it. It creates, um, you know, you know what the demand is going to be, and it creates scarcity because there are no other options out there on it. You know, so so that, to me, that was one of the one of the other you know cards that I was looking at. Um, started to trickle up, and you might want to jump on it if you if you know now is your chance. We talked 108, about this 108, 108 of them. 
the uh, the Kawhi the 2012 Prism PSA 10 basket of 30. The 30 Prism PSA 10. I know I know base is like, hey, everybody stay away from base. You know, go away, go away, go away. But, you know, Kawhi's one of those guys that just kind of flies under the radar. And, um, you know, I know he's hurt. I'm sure he'll, at some point during the season, he'll come back and start playing well, and the team will be doing great. And all of a sudden, everybody will be like, whoa, uh, why are these Kawhi cards so cheap? Uh, same thing. Basketball-wise, people haven't jumped into it yet, and it's come down a little bit. There is a um, a couple of, of fun ones that I'm paying attention to for Jason Tatum, um, you know, the flawless uh, PSA 10, and the um, um, the National Treasures of Donovan Mitchell. None of these are ones where, I, I you know, when I looked at them, I was like, wow, they they jump out and go, oh, my goodness. Like, th- this, this came down so much. I, I, I better jump on this one right now. Um, but they're ones that I would monitor. Um, because I, I would imagine as basketball season starts to come, the people who are fans of those guys, they're going to start to potentially jump on those and you know make their bets on their guys for this season. So a couple of things out there, you know, to kind of monitor, a couple of things to look at. Those are all scarce items for those you know the best player on their team type of card, and uh, you know that player's best card. So that's what I was looking at. Hope that's helpful. You can monitor them too. See what kind of uh, you know. See see where the momentum goes on them. If there's any kind of a dip, maybe you jump in and and, and buy those for uh, for a bargain. Any last any last words? A, I'm hopeful for uh, kind of like a an old school. I want to talk about old school, like a 2020 run up as as NBA season approaches. It's been a little bit dull in cards recently, and I think that's because basketball boosts the market. It. it uh, more activity in the basketball world is, is good for cards. And I would love to see, you know, with basketball season basically a month and a half away, kind of an end of September run up where people are getting back at the cards, talking about cards, you're seeing some record purchases. I think it would be good because I think the market grew a little bit stale for, for a few weeks here after national. And uh, it would be nice to get excitement, steal the excitement back from the NFT world back over to the hobby. I'm sure it's going to happen. Basketball has a way of doing that. You know, you're gonna be in the first quarter of the football season, and you're gonna have a lot of basketball going on. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fun. Thanks, everybody. This episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, Do us a favor and like, subscribe. You know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.